Here comes Milwaukee Forbes another three. Oh no! <laughs> this is the Random Scrooby Podcast. Welcome to January 1st is when we're recording this anyway. 2024 of the Random Scrub Heat podcast. I'm your host, LG Cascon. As always, we have Hot Take Harry. We have the Thunder from Down Under with us. And we have Jordan Alfazo on our first crossover with Playbook Sports of 2024. We've crossed over with them many times in 2023. But Jordan, welcome on. How you doing today? You ready to talk some heat ball? I'm ready. I'm kind of pissed that this game's a little late. I got a bedtime, but bedtimes are optional, I guess. All during every time the Heat do their West Coast trip. Like, I was ready to, like, talk about the Utah game the other night. And I'll, again, everyone was asking, hey, are we going to do a post game? And I was like, yeah, sure. It's like, what, the game's probably at 10 o'clock, right? Like, I'm up. I'm, I'm awake. I'm working the overnight shift this week. I can do that. And then I saw the game was at 5 p.m. I'm like, what? Since when do the Heat play on the West Coast and the game's not at, like, 10 p.m.? I, that, that shit threw me for a loop. But we're here. We're ready to talk about the recent games that we haven't talked to you about because it's been... What do you call it? We, the last time we recorded was right before Christmas. So happy holidays to everybody. Happy New Year to those that celebrate. Since we last talked to you, the Heat did win four straight before getting that snapped against Utah. All those four wins, though, came without a key component, just like Harry said would probably happen. Jimmy Butler. As soon as Tyler came back, Jimmy came. Jimmy was there and then would leave the game right afterwards. And they ripped off four straight after losing to the Timberwolves. During that stretch, they reminded everybody who owns the state of Florida, as if anyone needed any reminder. They bullied the Harry Lollipop in the ATL. They hit Kelly Oubre with another car. They locked up Steph Curry with Jamal Kane and RJ Hampton. It's been a pretty good stretch, minus that kind of that, that blip on the radar that we saw in Utah. Just a messy game all around. Bam missed some free throws that you would have liked to see him hit. Tyler wasn't nearly as consistent as he was during that four-game stretch. Just what do you guys have seen from this recent stretch? Does it change any opinion at all? Harry, I'll start with you because I already know your answer. Um, you know, it changes nothing in the long term. We really need to see what this team does in the postseason. It just seems like regardless of who's on the roster, who's playing, you know, they're going to give you a good effort, you know, whether that's at home or on the road or a West Coast road trip. Um the thing that you've liked this year as opposed to last year, because we can talk about some things we don't like this year as much as the year before, but um, the team seems to be playing pretty well without Jimmy. And last season they were very bad without him. Like anytime, even if he was playing and he went to the bench, those bench lineups were not good. Uh, and they lost a ton of leads when Jimmy was out. At least this season, um, Jaime Jaquez has done a pretty good Jimmy Butler impression. You know, they're not the same players, but I think, you know, he said when he got drafted that Jimmy was a guy that he kind of, um, you know, tailored his game around, and he's been a nice fill-in for him. So, you know, sliding high man to the starting lineup when Jimmy's out uh, has worked for the Heat. And, you know, for the rest of the guys, like Tyler's back, so he's back in the starting lineup. I still I still think Duncan is a, is a better starter for the Heat, not a better player than Tyler Hero but a better starter for them. And I think things just flow a little bit better. I don't think we'll see tonight. Cause I saw that he's actually um, Kyle Lowry's back tonight. I guess his head injury is a bit better. I just don't think he and Tyler play that well off each other. So we kind of got to see how that works out again. I'm still trade Kyle Lowry. I do not care how well he's shooting from three this season. Um, that guy will not make it through the entire postseason. He's just not, 
at the age where he's doing that anymore. And so none of this stuff really changes to me. Obviously, like these kind of road trips, five-game West Coast road trips, you'd like to go three and two. Um, I think anything worse would be a little disappointing, but it is what it is. They dropped they dropped that one in Utah. Kelly Olenek absolutely kicked our ass, which <laughs> sucks. Um, and, yeah, you're just kind of – what you'd really like is to get some, like, guys – kind of playing well together, playing off each other. You know, you'd like Jaime and Tyler to kind of get used to playing with each other because Tyler missed so much time. You'd like, you know, Bam looks like the defensive player of the year. The defense has been, has been significantly better since he's gotten back. And you would just love these guys to develop some momentum. And like we were saying, like I mentioned last pod, the moment they come back, someone else gets hurt. So Jimmy hurt his foot last game. I don't know what happened to him, but I'm sure he's out for another week or so with whatever ailment he has. Um, and unfortunately, uh, Highsmith suffered what looked like they're saying a jaw injury, but I thought he kind of looked concussed. So I'm hoping it's not that. And maybe it is just like a bruised jaw because he's going to be out for some time now. So, you know, it's, it's very much one step forward, two, two steps back with this heat team. Um, we can talk about, getting everyone healthy. Uh, Jordan, I was on the playbook uh, spaces before that. Yeah, not the Utah game, but the one before that. And D was saying like, yeah, they just need to get healthy. I said, D, there's no evidence of that. They're never going to be healthy. It'll just never, ever happen. So we'll see. I mean, obviously this Clippers game is a pretty good matchup because Clippers are having a nice year to start the season, but you just kind of want the heat to figure it out, win some games. You know, LJ was saying this is a decent stretch recently. I think you kind of want to win like four at every six kind of thing and just kind of ride your way to the postseason because it's not going to matter until we get there. Before I go over to Jordan, because I want to hear what he has to say, uh, Harry, what is what is the wildest injury designation you think you've recently seen from Miami? Was it Kyle Lowry being out after getting incredible head or was it Jimmy Butler's dental procedure? Or was it Kevin Love's out allowing others the opportunity to play? You can pick um, a fourth option, but those are the three that come to mind to me. Yeah, I mean, I always liked when the Spurs used to sit people and it was like, did not do not play old. I think that was just like a very classic. And it was true. They were just like, yeah, these guys are old. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I guess the Kyle Lowry one's pretty, pretty weird. I don't even re- like, I don't even remember seeing the injury or remembering it being that bad. So it's just crazy. Like days later, they, they need a game off. The Heat just don't care about the regular season, which is good and bad. Um, but really, like we'll talk about this for a while. And I know I know George is talking to me um privately about like we'll do a bunch of shows leading up to the trade deadline because we need to we really need to make some moves, but I just think they need some new blood. Like the way Jaime came in and he's been great, like that's what they need. Just another guy who can like come in, score, you're he's dependable. We just need to change it up a bit, so. I would love to not see any more injury designations. I am very tired of how injury-prone Miami teams in any sport have been in general. Oh, yeah, I don't want to get you started on the Dolphins. The Dolphins thing has just just been a debacle. But we're not a Dolphins podcast. George, you had something you want to say? We need a point guard. In in seven minutes and 37 seconds, no one has mentioned so far that we have no – Pass first guards. We have no pass capable guards at a high level. Like Tyler Hero has been our leading assist the last five games. I think it was with like four or five, maybe. Are you about to push the agenda of the person I think you're about to push the agenda for? 
You shut your mouth. I know. Say his name because I know where you're going. Just say it so I know that he I'm just right. sounded like Liam Neeson right there. That was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't push me. His name is Jamari Bouye. I knew exactly. And he has been putting up numbers. If you're not going to trade for a guard, look, and, and the trade market's open. We just saw the next trade for OG. You can go get one. But if you don't, you've got someone sitting there. He is absolutely killing it. And the way people have been gassing up Cam Whitmore numbers in the G League, I can gas up Jamara Booya numbers in the G League. He is a pass first, defensive capable, and he can drive. What more do you want from a point guard? Drew Smith's gone. He's not playing the rest of the year. He sucked anyway. He was bad. And I mean bad. He was bad. He could play a little bit of defense, which I was happy with, but he's bad. Jamare Bouye is like putting him, putting Kane and Drew Smith together. It's back to the one. Give him an extra dribble package, and there you go. There's a point guard. Okay, George. All right. Well, you it's, see, it's ridiculous. That, that's not. That's not. It's not exactly the direction we were going to go. But I, I respect your ability to shoehorn Jamari Bouye in to any conversation. Jordan, I want to hear from you now. Little back on track. What is your favorite injury designation you've seen from the Heat? And uh, have you been encouraged by the recent play? Do you think it's indicative of, of a, a positive trend, or is it just kind of like the regular even flow of a season? If we're being completely honest, I don't pay attention to the injury report, I kind of just turned the game on. I like the surprise of seeing who's playing and who's not. But, I mean, th this is the heat. They, they're they always injured. They win some. They lose one that they really should not lose. They don't care about the regular season. The regular season means nothing to them. They've shown that they don't care. They've gone to the finals as a five seed. They've gone to the finals as an eight seed. Being top four doesn't matter. Home court doesn't matter. Like uh, Harry was saying earlier, with the when Jimmy's not playing, it's because Jaime's there. We didn't have Jaime last year. We didn't have a player that was built the exact same way as Jimmy. Does the same things Jimmy does. I'd even argue that maybe Jaime sometimes creates better than Jimmy. Me and my homegirl, we call him Dolly Daddy. I don't know if you guys want to get that started. I like it. My my roommate calls him Juan Wick. I don't like that. It it hurts my mouth to say. But, yeah, I mean, they, they got to make a move. This team is deep, I will say that, because, granted, they've been injured like shit and they keep winning. It's easier to fill in when Jimmy's hurt with Jaime. It's easy to fill in when Kyle's hurt with Tyler. But they do need to go get a point guard. They need to address this backup center, because although I think Kevin Love is playing very well, he's not a backup five for the playoffs. He's too small. If we run into Milwaukee again... What's he going to do? Or a team like Cleveland. So the backup point guard, backup center, if you address those, then we'll talk. But right now, I mean, I'm not really worried. Like, if you guys want to talk about this again when we get to the postseason, then that's when I start to get worried. I'll say if Kevin Love does hold on to the backup center spot against a team like Milwaukee in the playoffs, he's going to be – four to six games closer to his AARP check because that man is going to be gone from the sport of basketball if he continues to take hits that he's taken thus far in the regular season. Now, I wanted to shift focus a little bit because you guys were talking about Jimmy not being there, always being hurt. <clears throat> Excuse me. What we've seen 
from this recent stretch is, like Harry said, mentioned it a little bit too. Last year, when Jimmy was gone, it was a death sentence for this team. They couldn't get anything going at any given time, whether he was suited up for the game or was riding the pine. They could not get positive minutes. They could not win the Jimmyless minutes. Now they're looking pretty consistent without him in the lineup. The ball looks weirdly like it's not bogging down, even though when Jimmy's out there and he's getting, he's doing his iso ball, it works. It's successful. So you, you don't really hear anybody complain about it. But I think Hame's a really big uh, indicative point of that too is he's just changing the way their offense is kind of being formed. The way that it's being played, he's been way better a three-point shooter than anybody really expected. Also, I wanted to know, what have you guys liked from the young guys during this recent stretch? Because even Nico got some run in Golden State. I mean, the dude picked up a million fouls in like five seconds against Utah, but that's kind of what you're going to get with him. Jordan, I want to go back to you here. How have you liked the way that the young guys were kind of stepping up and playing now? Because we can rely on them, it looks like, at least more than we thought. Before we get into the young guys, I want to state for all of Heat Nation, this is just me. This is I'm not speaking for basement. I'm not speaking for playbook. I don't get the infatuation with Nikolajovic. Is he talented? Yes. But why does everybody just assume Spolster is going to make this guy the starting point guard? He, he What he does on offense is cool, but he can't defend. He had like 5,000, what, three minutes? That's something he personally needs to work on. But the young guys, they, they, they look good. That's what the heat – did he just shoot me? Yeah, George pulled out a gun. Guy, I, I do actually sometimes like make things up of what George is doing behind the scenes because we usually don't post the video of the pod, which we're going to start doing, by the way. Go to the Basement YouTube channel. George, don't hold it that way, George. You're going to get a lot of flack, George. Don't do that. I'm trying to save you. George did pull out a gun. And I don't I, it's some kind of weird Australian revolver, and I'm not familiar with its maker model. But Jordan, back to you, please. I, George, just put the gun away, please. It's used to hunt dingoes. Used to hunt dingoes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't really say much more about the young guys. I'm not even going to classify Jaime as a young guy because he's playing like a vet. But you get what you need from Jamal Kane. He defends, he rebounds, he hits an open shot when you need it. Orlando, when he plays, he's playing fine. Like the heater in good hands. And I know Harry doesn't like Tyler. What? Well, let me rephrase that. Harry doesn't like Tyler for the heat. But, you know, Bam, Tyler, Jaime, future, it's not something that most teams would complain about. That's something a lot of teams would want. So I'm not going to complain about the young guys. I think the heat are in great hands. George, where how do you fall on this? I know you're, you definitely usually speak up in, in favor of the young guys. Do you like what you've seen so far? And you think it's going to continue? I think it'll continue. I think Jaime Hawkins has shown that he can be consistent on both sides of the floor and like enough on the defensive end to be a positive impact. Most of the time is on there. The Jovic one I'm 50, 50 on. I, I know I, I just pulled a gun out on, on Jordan for saying some mean shit to him, but I, I, I like what he can offer. And I feel like he's such a versatile prospect that you can play him anywhere really. And I feel like you can mold him into being a decent enough player at whatever position you decide, guard, power forward, doesn't matter what. But I uh, see, I agree with that. You can do that. But I'm saying right now, that's right now. No, right now, he's playing the G League. Right now, he needs to be in the G League. And that's and fine. And that's that, completely that's fine. Nice he needs to run. I like him. But I don't get it right now. 
basketball could really learn something from European football and which they send players on loan moves. So we could send him on loan to, you know, the Washington Wizards for, for half a year. And if he starts playing well, then you can bring him back. And, you know, it's, it's, I think that we can really take something from that, but that's an entire different conversation itself. But other players in terms of youth, who you got? Jamal Kane, Drew Smith, Jamar Bouye. Um, but like these size of players, what, what do you get? You don't get anything like from that. Tyler Hero, young, I don't, I don't really classify him as young anymore. He's still, what is he, 23 now, 24? 24? Still young, but the amount of minutes he's been playing for the last four or five years, yeah, yeah you kind of lose that label. I, I, I really don't feel like he's – look, he'll be part of the next core if he sticks around, obviously, after this, this one's said and done. If he and sticks then, around? If he sticks around. I, I don't know the future. When he sticks – you really think they're going to trade? If he sticks around, uh, we don't know what's happening. We don't know what's coming. We don't know if there's going to be something, you know, that that's down on the horizon. But I'm less worried now than I than I was six to six to seven months ago. That's that's for sure. Because it's gonna you're gonna have to revolve it around Bam. Bam's gonna be, have to be the guy. Bam and Tyler. So you're gonna have to give them a lot of responsibility. Like Bam Bam shown that he's up for it. He was one of the best performers in the finals last year. We didn't win, but he still played damn well. But the thing is with Tyler Hero, where it comes down to the entire time, he plays like Donovan Mitchell in the in the same in the terms of of play style. Plays a lot like Donovan Mitchell. It, it not in his dr- cuts the basket, but more in that mentality of score first. This is who I am. I'm a shooter. But I feel like he gets stuck. Between that mentality, which is the right mentality to have, and then the Cam Thomas mentality, where I'm on the floor, give me the ball, I'm going to shoot it. Every time. Every single time. I feel like he gets more lost around the third quarter, where I see a lot of times there's like lapses in concentration, where he'll he'll take two dribbles in, there's two defenders closing out, there's one behind him on his hip, and he goes, I'm just going to rise up and take a shot. And he gets blocked every time. And it's just like, pass the ball. It's That's okay. been very indicative of his last two bad yeah. games against Philly. Basically, just the second half against mm-hmm. Philly and then the Utah game. Because in that third quarter, Tyler was throwing shit at the wall, yeah. man. Like, they blew a 21-point lead in the quarter. And just like they blew a 21-point lead in the second half. It all happened in the third quarter with Tyler just chucking shit up. And it, it just... That offense looked absolutely horrendous. And then he was, I don't know what his numbers are right now. I bet Harry could probably tell me, but yeah, it, he's been five. very good recently, but you can definitely pluck, you could cherry pick those last two games and be like, Hey, he looked rough in, the, in these two instances. In the last four games, he's averaging 26 points a game, 44% from the field, 45% from, uh, sorry, 43% from the, from three point line, seven rebounds, nearly or well, six and a half, seven rebounds, rounding up four assists. They're really good numbers. In terms of just looking at the stat sheet, fantastic numbers. But as someone who's now taking the mantle as the best scorer on the team, you can be the best scorer on the team, but also get your teammates involved more. I'm not saying he has to do it now. You don't have to be like Trey Young in the sense of like, I have the ball in my hands every possession. I'm going to do something with it. Play more. 
if I have to put the perfect label on him, play more like 20, 27, no, 2019 Donovan Mitchell, where he was really young, getting his shots up, but then ran the pick and roll with Rudy Gobert very, very effectively, very well. I don't see that happening. And I'm not saying that's that's all up to him. That's That should be on Spo to push the system as well. Get Bam more involved. When Bam scores, we win. That's the truth. There was a stat the other day. I think the Heat are of a 90, 91% chance of winning when Bam scores over 25 points um, by third, sorry, by 22 points by three-quarter time. It's it, Those are very crucial numbers. When Tyler scores high, we don't have that same probability of, of winning. We really don't. So adjustments need to be made, but the personnel on the team is case one in point, in my opinion, the biggest problem on this team so far. You need new blood, like Harry was saying. You need another guard in there. Someone like a TJ McConnell or an Ayo uh, Desumu. Someone like that. Who can score, but also gets a, you know get some very, very good looks for his teammates. The four spots always in question. Anyone can play there. They're, just, they're, throwing, they're actually just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks at this point. Everyone's played there. The backup five spot, I'm not too worried about. Thomas Bryant and Orlando Robinson are fine for now. But you're not going to really find anyone else. Who are you going to go out there and get? Like who, who? Who genuinely has the best backup center in the in the league? Is it Minnesota with Nas Reed? Probably, yeah. I mean, that's a luck of the draw. You're not getting Nas Reed from there. On that one either. So you, you don't, think, don't it's think it's close? What do you mean? Don't think it's close? It's t- Nas Reed's the best backup in the oh, league, easily. But then after that, it drops off. There's no one else. Is Isaiah Hardenstein from New York, who's played really well in in What's his name? Mitchell Robertson's absence. He's a good one too. Yeah, Tom. I feel like Thomas Bryant's a decent enough option. He just plays. I don't know what it is when they when backup centers get their Heat jersey. I can go through the list over the years, and I, I did it. I wrote it in a tweet. It's like they lose sixty IQ points as soon as they put on the jersey and say you're playing backup big. And he's like, okay, like do something. He just looks dopey out there. He looks like he's just overfed, and they're like, play the game. Yeah, play the game. It, I don't know what it is, too, man. They just look like a chicken with their head cut off. Like they just go running around aimlessly, and the, the, it's been a problem really in all of Jimmy's main years. Because before Jimmy got there, it was Hassan and Bam, and oh, look at that, Bam! Oh, look, look what he turned into. Because even though it should have been reversed, and then you can say the same thing about Hassan's IQ on the basketball court as well. But we're not going to get into the Hassan Whiteside years, Harry. We haven't heard from you in a minute here. I love this. How do you feel about kind of the young guys that have been playing in Jimmy's absence? And we'll we'll just go ahead and mesh Tyler in there too because we were kind of already discussing that. Yeah, let me just the the Tyler thing is like this, and I think people get get it misconstrued because we only have so many characters on Twitter to explain how we feel, and then. People kind of, I think everyone reads the tweet through the prism of like what they think of people. So if people don't like my opinions or think I'm like super negative, they're like, oh, he's being a hater again. I don't hate Tyler Hero. I think he's a pretty good player. I think the reason why I said I like Duncan as a starter better is because I think Tyler Hero, go like when he has the ball, he's looking to score. That's his number one objective. Whereas like Duncan of this year or other guys, they're looking to be a playmaker. They're looking to get the best shot for their teammates. So I'm not always expecting Duncan to shoot anymore because he's shown the ability to get to the basket, involve other guys, you know, or cut to the basket, look for the next play. And I think with the guys on this Heat team, you need a guy who's looking to get others involved. Like, that's my big issue with Kyle. Yeah, he's shooting well this year, 
But I think George was mentioning earlier, he's not like at this point of his career, he's not a pass first guy. He's not going to get into the paint. You need a guy that can get into the paint and either, um, you know, put some pressure on, you know, obviously rim pressure or, you know, bring in the defense and kick it out to the corners. That's exactly what this Heat team needs. They have no one that really does that consistently. Duncan Robinson is their best downhill threat. He is. He's the guy that's most consistently going to go to the basket. Um, even Jimmy with his injuries isn't doing that very much uh, this season. You know, Tyler is, I don't know if he's not strong enough or not comfortable enough. He doesn't do that a lot. And so that's kind of where we're at. It's like when Tyler has the ball, he's probably going to shoot it or he's going to look to get into a spot where he can shoot it. And sometimes like that would work. And that's why I, th- I thought Jordan made a good point where he corrected it and said, like, I would prefer here on another team would be good. If that, if you need like microwave offense, quick offense, a guy that can come in and just like provide buckets, he's a good guy for that. But I don't I think that's that because Royal said that exact quote on my pod last week. Okay. That's funny. Cause I didn't, no, no, don't, I'll apologize for it. There's no correlation between the random score he pod and, no. and Royal A. Shepard. Please do not no. get that misconstrued. No, he but has I didn't. never been on this podcast and he will <laughs> he never hates be us. on this podcast. He hates us. He funds us and hates us. Yeah, but I don't it's funny, I didn't hear it, but that it just makes sense because you kind like that's what this heat team is missing. George mentioned it like they need a four because while Haywood came out and was part of like a big reason why they went on the seven game streak earlier in the season, his shot has fallen off the cliff and he keeps getting hurt, unfortunately. He's just not, you know, if I you know, for a guy making the minimum, whatever, but consistency, I don't want him, I wouldn't want him starting in the postseason. And you know, sorry, obviously sorry to interrupt very yeah. quickly. This is this thought's been in my head for the last three minutes. Why do I feel like the heat, the heat trade mill is trending towards a Tobias Harris or a Gordon Hayward to fill out Gordon the Hayward way more likely than Tobias Harris? Exactly, exceedingly like, like in terms of them both, one's at 93%, the other one's at seven just because of the money for Tobias Harris. But like they're obsessed with threes that have been transferred into fours. And injuries. We have, we have a Gordon Hayward is perfect for them yeah. because Gordon Hayward is always hurt some mold. Exactly. Injury prone, lanky, good three ball, three ball five years ago, and now gets a ton of minutes on a team that doesn't doesn't play hard. That's just that's what it is. Tobias Harris is the perfect epitome of what they love. Very mid, <laughs> but with Seth, but if he gets the chance, he'll shoot the ball, the hell out of the ball. That's what they love. I mean, I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't be mad if that's like the direction they went in because I think I've said on record many times, LJ can back me up. Like, they need to make a move. I do not care who it is. They need to acquire a player from another team who they can give a heat jersey to, and then he comes out and plays for us. That's what they need to acquire any person who, and make that move because I've never seen a contender go two years without acquiring a player. And I don't know why they think that's going to work for them. It's just, Jordan yes, literally said it, dude, where it's like, Adding Hame to the mix, infuse new blood, and you are seeing you are reaping the benefits of that right now. Things get stale. It doesn't mean they're bad. It doesn't mean they can't become fresh again. Is the the premise that they that they played with the, with the certain players they had got stale. They infused new blood in. They look better. Hmm. Let's do that again in a position of need this time because Hame's position wasn't at the top of the list, right? A position of need. They probably needed a point of, of attack defender who could also get to the rim or some rebounding. Hame's not either of those necessarily, but he he what he needed to do, he has done, and you've seen the positives that came from that. 
make a move, <laughs> please. Harry, on in the podcast last week, right? Where we were like, or not podcast, the the spaces with Royal last week where we're like, if they don't make a move, we're calling you can call our bluff. We won't record another episode of the podcast until they make a trade. If they don't make a trade at the trade deadline, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, I just think, you know, and, and it's gonna be more frustrating because Suppose, you know, obviously suppose a great coach, they're going to win a lot of games when he's there. Jaime has been a revelation for them. He's been really good. Um, whatever you think about Tyler Hero, like he's putting up good numbers this year. Bands a defensive player of the year. When Jimmy tries, he's excellent. Kyle's shooting well this year. Like they need to kind of just look around and be like, again, we're close. No one in the East, even record wise, like no one's that much better than us, right? Even Milwaukee with Dame, like they're not that much better then we can be um, – Boston doesn't worry me at all. I, I Joe Mazzula and, you know, just the showings of the town, that's not that's not helping them. They're never – that team's never going to win. And honestly, don't, we won't, we'll talk about it later when they lose, but uh, Jason Tatum's another choker. Uh, and the entire – and the Sixers are just fine. They seem to be very good in the regular season. Obviously, you know, Maxie and Embiid have good chemistry, but Embiid will ultimately fall too hard and break something. and he's going to be out, you know, in the postseason, and they, they will ultimately lose. So the East is always going to be up for grabs, I think. And the heat need to kind of like, they need to look at it and say, we've gotten really close doing it our way. So I have a theory guys that the, I think the heat, here's my theory and I'll talk it out and you'll let me know what you think about it. I think the heat got so spurned by LeBron James when he left and the way it happened and the way everything went down, that they were like, we are never going to be at the mercy of a superstar again. Like not in that way, not a guy they have to like bend over for, you know, make sure, make sure they do everything for him. Cause they, they feel like they did that for LeBron and he left regardless. And so now they're like, we're going to do it the hard way, the culture way, the, the best condition, hardest working. That's why they find all these public publics, these publics, bad boys. And they're like, we're going to make you into good rotational players. And that's why they don't go out and add talent because they're like, we're going to do it on our own. If we can win this way, if we can win the Miami Heat way, we can show them all that we didn't need LeBron, that we didn't need that, that we we can win in spite of him. I, I feel like everything's so petty right now. I feel like that's why they haven't signed a clutch client. And I really think they've gone out of their way to make it harder on themselves. So if they somehow won, which they won't, which is the problem, they could say, fuck you, we did it our way, we did it the hard way, and we did it the Miami Heat way, and that's what we've been wanting to do. Because you guys can't – like no one can tell me that there were not moves available that that were there where teams made other moves, did not pay a lot. Like, for example, I don't think the Knicks gave up a lot for OG and Anobi. I don't think they did. They did um, not. When the trade happened, I know I was texting you, Harry. I was like, you, okay. This you takes could, them out of the Donovan running because they're yeah. surely giving up a couple picks, right? Mm-hmm. There was a report. There was a report a few weeks ago, no, maybe a couple months ago, saying that the Toronto Raptors are predicting a three to four first round pick package for OG Adenobi. And you got him for quickly, who's a good good prospect. I think quickly the best player in yeah, that trade. Quickly, Archibald. The Raptors got because they, knew they couldn't get that. It's not yep. realistic. That's why I don't remember if it was the most recent trade deadline or the one prior, but everybody thought everybody was going to go for first round picks. And then you saw players going for four second round picks. And then one went for three, like Crowder and um, 
What's his fucking name? Gary All of them. Sadiq Bay went for like five picks, and yeah, Gary, yeah, Gary Payne was another five. Yeah, I mean, I, that's why I, I've been also harping that second round picks are going to become more valuable. But it's but my issue with that, like, you look at that trade, right? And to me, it's like they obviously the Raptors love quickly because RJ Barrett's like a trade dump at this point. That guy, why, listen, you can look at him; and he's talented, and he's from Duke, and people argue. People will probably argue he's had a better career because he played in New York. But he's a low a, a low volume shooter, not a very good offensive player, doesn't do much defensively, and they gave him a massive contract, and then the, and then they're looking around, right? That's why they didn't go after Donovan because they 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 said, oh, we're going to resign RJ instead, and they're looking around, they're like, is this guy really worth you know the thirty million a year that we paid him? Yeah, maybe we could do that. And so to get a guy like OG, who I think was being misused a bit in Toronto and has a decent offensive game that is still being crafted. And obviously he's a very, very good wing defender. Um, yeah, I just think like when you look around, you see some of these moves and you'll see more moves that happen leading up to February, that he'd have to do something. And if they're going to sit there and say, we have enough, we're waiting for this team to get healthy. We like our young guys. Um, you know, we love what Jamal Kane brings to the team. And I like Jamal Kane. He should have a, he should have a standard contract. But if that's what they're going to do, bro, fuck this team. LJ and I are dead serious. Like, George will be doing this by himself. We are not We are not doing this stuff anymore. Because... I will tune in, so though. You're saying, one so you're saying rambling. I get my own show if we don't make a trade? For I like, yes, and until until I, I, I feel bad for you, and then I'll hop back on. But I will oh, I tune in. Wait. You know what, Harry? I'll say it right now. No matter what, I will put a finite amount of time on it, minimum. One week, I will not do the pot if they don't make a move, and I will let George do whatever he wants for the entirety of the show. It's, it's recorded right now. So, also, Harry, you want to say you want Marvin ba- or um, RJ Barrett is literally Marvin Bagley, just with some Timberlands and a Yankee with no brim. That that's literally who RJ Barrett is. Yeah, like, I got you. Send him out to Sacramento of the Sacramento's like seven, eight, nine years ago. You never hear another lick about, about him ever. Yeah, and guys, I'm not coming back. So if they don't acquire someone, like, good luck to you guys. It's been a really good time. I've enjoyed getting to pod with you guys and getting to know you. I'm out. I'm out. Like, I'm done. I'm not I'm not accepting this anymore, and I don't think we should as Heat fans either. Like, we can pretend that it's all fine and we needed people to get healthy, but we all know the truth because we all, we all said it last year. And, yes, the run was amazing. Like, no team will ever do that again from the AC. Never again. We'll never see anything like that again. But they needed another piece. They needed to match up a little bit better against the Nuggets. That was likely who they were going to face in the postseason, in the finals. And it's time. We, you know, we can't be depending on the Thomas, the Thomas Bryant's of the world, the Kyle Lowry's, the Haywood Highsmiths, um, the Jamal Canes. Like, we need real talent to boost this team, to make life easier for Jimmy, to make Bam's life easier so he can both be the defensive player of the year and then give you great offensive output on the other end. Um, if they're keeping Tyler to make his life easier, like that's what that's what their goal should be. They should be how do we make this team great enough where when they get to a finals, they're the favorites, and that they're going to um, do everything they can to bring another championship back to Miami because continually being the underdog and fighting so hard, this is annoying to me. Annoying. And listen, I like I like all these young guys. I'm a big fan of a lot of these players. I think I was totally wrong in the Jaime Hawkins pick. That guy is very good. He's going to have a very nice career in Miami. Um, 
but they need to make a couple tweaks. I'm not talking about anything crazy to bring in guys to help this team finish. And that's, and everyone wants that Bam would want that. They've been trying. Jimmy wants that. The fans want that. Um, I think even Spo wants that, even though he's a sicko and likes, you know, making the, working on these projects. And that's, that's where we're at with this team. Like, Guys, we can have a great regular season. I think we're going to end up being like I think we're going to end up being the 4 seed. But we need more. More. And they I need wanna, to do it. I want to ask a question. This this is another one that me and Royal spoke about. What do you guys think about this? Are you trading Tyler Hero, Jaime Hawkes, Jovic and a first for Donovan Mitchell? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I would, I, would, I, would, I would do everything in my power to make sure you don't have to include Jaime in that trade though. But if it's like that, that was the stipulation. I said I'll do it if it's not involving Jaime. He goes, that's the only way it gets done. Do you so, get anything back with Donovan, or is it just Donovan? Just Donovan. I still do it. I don't do it. I don't think I do it either. I don't do it. I don't do it. I, I think I know. I know, and I and I preach: do not overrate the players, even though they're in good form and stuff like that. I, I preach that. But if I'm only getting Donovan Mitchell back in that deal, where I'm giving up. Jovic is, is give or take. You know what I mean? I, I I'd like to keep him, but he's not he's not the selling point. I don't care that he put up like Kendall said it was against South Sudan, sixty three points against South Sudan, whatever, whatever whatever it was. He shot perfect from the field. Um, he can go, but for just Donovan Mitchell, I don't know. I don't know. I would I, like I, another. I'd try and keep Jaime, but Jaime Hawkins is someone I'd, I'd try and keep at all at all costs. But if the price was right, I'm talking like. If I'm trading him, I'm trying to get someone back that's not on the cusp. If it's for Anthony Edwards, I'm doing it. Take him, get him out. Take it, go, get out. Take it and like, never talk to me again. Like even I'm, even if the Timberwolves said yes to the trade, I would still throw in an extra first round pick. Yeah, <laughs> so just as a thank you, just as a thank you and a good you know, th- great job, great trade. Yes, but for Donovan Mitchell, I'm saying I'll give you Hero, I'll give you Jovic, I'll give you Caleb Martin. I'll give you th- two first round picks, two seconds. That's a more than fair trade offer. Take that. Well, you're George, not better. you're not getting better. No, but George, just to bounce off that, I was just going to say, like, because I keep saying trade, like, in general, that that should kind of be what's available to move. Like, obviously, Kyle and his pick expiring should be moved. I agree with all you guys that Caleb should be on the block if they do not intend to bring him back. And I don't think they should based on his age and you know, kind of the degenerative knee condition that he seems to have. I don't really would, would not understand why they would bring him back. Um, I would but both first round picks should be on the block for the right player. I would open up a third if you needed to with OKC. They can obviously do that. I think they have two second round picks and, you know, any of these minimum guys I would move any of them. And I would trade and I would trade Jovic in a second. If it upgraded the team this year, I do not care. Again, I do not care if he became a Hall of Famer. If you improve the team this year and give your chance to give yourself a better chance to win, that's what assets are supposed to do. That's why you make moves. And if you end up giving up a good player in a deal, teams are more likely to deal with you again because you gave up a good pick and that they know that you like that trying to win every trade, trying to uh, rip off teams is not the way to do it, especially in today's NBA. So I think the Heat need to get a little creative. I think they need to be get, they absolutely need to be willing to give up Lowry, Caleb, the pick, multiple picks, whatever it is, to make this team better. People are going to say, "I know what's going to happen. We're going to be in we're going to be in March. 
uh, sorry, in February, supposedly going to have the rotation down. They're going to start winning games and say, oh, you can't break this up. They've won five of seven or six of eight. It's like, fuck you. They need, who cares? Let's move on. Let's get better. And that's where we are. Like, I know I'm beating a, a dead horse now, but like, that's where this team is. They need the new blood. They need the new addition the way we, we have with Jaime. They need someone else that can put the ball in the basket. Um, you know, when things get rough, when they need another shot and that's what this team has to do. I'm going to, I'm, I'm done. I told you guys, I'll say it again. I'm, I'm done. If they don't add a player via trade, I will walk away and I've had a good time and I like putting you guys. I will walk away and I will not look back. Do you know Speaking of do? retirement, do you... or hold on, go ahead, George. Go ahead, George. Just forget, you know what they've done? They've looked back at the LeBron years, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh years, and instead of looking at LeBron James, the best player in the NBA in the world at the time with the two rings, they looked down and they they looked further down the roster and said, wow, Mike Miller, Shane Battier, Mario Chalmers, Norris Cole, Chris Birdman Anderson, these are the players that won us that championship. That's what they, I swear that's what they've done. They, they've looked at that. It was LeBron James that won you those championships and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Those were the, the reasons you won that. Mike Miller, yeah, he went off in the last game to win us the championship. That's great for him. But you need to look at that that sort of skill that you have of finding undrafted talent, of, of developing players that aren't supposed to be stars, to be close to that. The Caleb Martin in the, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, what, what Duncan Robinson's done this year. And he's starting two years. Look at what he did then. Uh, your late pick and bam. You look at look at what you've done. Those are great assets and skills to have when you're trying to fill out a roster after you've got the core to pieces. You're still missing a core piece. And you think you've got that with Tyler Hero. You don't have that with Tyler Hero yet. He's not that star player. He's a player that requires 23 to 25 shots a game to be effective. Not good, effective. Like we're talking about a, to be a B minus on the stat sheet, you need to, he needs 20 something shots. He doesn't give it to you with his playmaking. He doesn't give it to you with his defense. His rebounding is great for a guard. He's averaging six and a half over his last four. Great for him. But those, the playmaking, the defense, and 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 all those intangibles are very important for a player that when, if you don't get it going, if Donovan Mitchell doesn't get it going, you shoot, or look at Jalen Brunson today. He didn't get it going. He shot, what was it, nine for 20-something or something ridiculous, like four for 20-something, I'm pretty sure. Something crap. He still had 14 assists. He still had 16 points, still got to the line. He still got three steals. Those are very important. I'm not saying he's not better than Jalen Brunson. Actually, no, he's definitely not better, better than Jalen Brunson. I respect that guy and, and what he can do in other in other facets of the game. But when you don't bring that to the table, I, I shouldn't have brought this back to Tyler here. It's going to come back to bite me in the ass big time. But when you don't have those sort of intangibles to pair with your game, it's not you're not core like core piece worthy. You don't have that. So if you can make that upgrade, if you do get the Donovan Mitchell or the Anthony Edwards caller, you know, just say that they ended up, they end up bombing out and he goes, I want to go. Where do you want to go? Go to Miami, please. And you trade everything. You don't do, look, the Dame situation is hard. I'm not even going to bring that up anymore. That's way too much. That can of worms has been opened too much, too much. And there's too much shit in there, but you messed around. You messed around a little bit. It wasn't the, the main reason you lost Dame, but you lost your food big time. So I'm sitting here going, if you can make that upgrade, then do it. Even if you're giving up a lot, because you're going to find Cameron Johnson, the ninth junior from the middle of West Essex and turn him into a very valuable role player. That's what you can do. K 
Caleb Martin was going to be cut from the NBA without the, without the heat. He was going to be cut. He was worse than Cody Martin. George, and, how do you feel about Dante Exum? He's a hey, look off the bench. He's done. He's played very well off the bench. He's played very well, but he's not a guard that's on my radar. I look at someone like at the low end. I'm looking at like a Theo Pinson or like someone like that, or in the middle range, I'm looking at like a Dennis Smith Jr. But you know why I asked, right? Yes, because he's Australian. Thank you yeah, very exactly. much. Exactly. I didn't, I didn't need to hear about your other options. I just want to know how you felt about. I'm not Australian, so it doesn't yeah. matter. I, I just feel like a You're little bit of help in that area. No. What is that accent then? Um, it's method acting. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? I'm from Arizona. What are you talking I'm about? Going back to mute. Do your do your hair or George give Jordan um your American accent? No. <laughs> say say the Miami Heat are going to win the NBA championship. Fuck no. No, I'm not gonna do that. We'll you do it after the show. Um you're going to have to give me a minute, all right? Let me, let me get All right, the... Jared Leto, whatever you say. But what George was talking about was the heat. The, their, their strategy is kind of like overvaluing the, the, the younger, kind of not as shiny pieces, and then they're left kind of without insurance. And I think George has something to say to us about insurance, don't you, George, in an American accent? <clears throat> the primary sponsor of the Baseball Sport <laughs> Network. See, we'll have the visors. It sure, it sure does not need to be complicated. Email them or give them a call today and tell them that the basement sent you at email jpu, J-P-O-U-G-H, at simplehealthadvisors.com. That is jpu at simplehealthadvisors.com. Phone number is 321-345-7738. Yeah. That, y'all, y'all know where to find him. Yeehaw. That was great. Thank you. <laughs> George, you went from like you started very southern, then you like morphed into a Simpsons character. <laughs> I was it was a caricature. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, that was. I was not expecting any of that. So I was we, trying we to go for the Dimidome thing, you know. Doug Dimidome, <laughs> owner and fan of the Doug Dimidome. Well, okay, you know what? I'm not even going to try to get it back on track. Whatever. Harry was talking about retirement, so I was like, "Fuck it, cool segue." Goran Dragic retired, guys. And uh, I pledge my allegiance to seven, the dragon. The Thank you seven. for the Slovenian goat. Thank you very much. The real number seven in the Miami Heat. It's. I, I want to know how you guys feel about his retirement, though, because I, I said it to, to Harry and George also. I want to know how Jordan feels about it. Maybe I think I am in the minority on this. I feel like Goron got done a little dirty by the organization. Maybe he didn't. Maybe it's just the way that I kind of perceive things. But the organization, like the tiniest bit dirty, let's see i have notes on it because i wanted to like make sure i didn't forget why i was upset about it when i originally like saw the news um they they didn't bring him back the last two regular seasons when it was clear at least in my opinion that he he could have been enough for some guard depth this team does not have guard depth last year they didn't kyle was out all the time gabe got hurt a little bit it wasn't like gabe this year obviously which the, the heat have some weird black magic going on because the way that they know to get off a player right before they get injured. They never get off players, but when they do, <laughs> you get a Gabe Vincent knee injury that takes him out for eight weeks. But it, it's Nunn. not like Goron was going to be in the playoff rotation anyway, but I, I didn't see the harm in adding at least another vet to the guard room, especially this year, because George was talking about Drew Smith out the ass. What Goron this year wouldn't have hurt this team. Goron this year or last year wouldn't have hurt that team. That team was an eight seed. You, you couldn't have used an extra little bit of help in the locker room. UD's gone. Why not have Goron this year? I don't know. He still could have played, 
Goron was good last year with the Bulls too. I'll say it. He was like serviceable for the Bulls last year. I don't know. Jordan, how do you feel about the Heat kind of shoving him out the door? Goron was not happy to be traded to Toronto in the Kyle Lowry deal in general, let alone in the city of Toronto because he kind of wanted to compete, which is still doesn't make sense why he went to Chicago last year anyway. Again, you kind of thought it opened the door for a Miami reunion. How do you feel about it? I'm not going to say they did him dirty because at the end of the day, this is a business. The Heat did the move that they thought would better them and ended up not bettering them. But I completely, completely agree with you. I don't think there's any harm Goran Dragic could have done to this team, especially now. If He would be the biggest positive besides Jaime right now, just for the vibes. Vibes of the team would go up. You know your backup point guard is, is good. You know he knows the system. Bam likes to play with him. Tyler likes to play with him. Jimmy loves him. Jaime would probably love him. It, w- it would have been a perfect fit. I-, I think he retired a bit too early. I think he should have waited like another Incoming week. coaching role with the Miami Heat. That's all I'm going to say. Incoming coaching role with the Miami Heat. He'll just be sitting on the bench with us. And that's f- absolutely fine. He could do a Wayne Ellington role. Or a Carl Parker. Been, same exact thing. He would have been fine. He would have been good. When your other option was Drew Smith... He is leaps and bounds just through experience. He could be missing a foot. It does not matter. He would have been better than Drew Smith. He can still score. He could have still, he can definitely play mate. He's been in the league for that long. Yeah, he's a little bit injury prone. But we're We're talking about the Miami Heat here. Who the fuck isn't injury prone on this team? Who isn't injury prone on this team? He would have been fine. Nevertheless, Thank you for your service. You've been an amazing person, amazing culture guy, everything. There's not enough good things I could be saying about Goran Dragic. He's been one of my favorite players in the league. When when it was the, his big three in Phoenix with um, Isaiah Thomas, Bledsoe, and him, that was the team. He was my favorite point guard on that team. And when we got him, I'm like, could this be it? The year of redemption. It, it would have been the most unanticipated, unprecedented finals run ever. Chris Bosch happened. Very sad. But Goran would have been fine. I, I I still think they'll bring you in for a coaching role, but he'd be fine. Goran's career is the biggest what if. If Bosch doesn't get hurt, who knows? If he doesn't get hurt in the bubble, who knows? That guy could have had two rings, but we'll never know. Goran was literally Goran. averaging, like, what, 25 a game going into those finals? Like, people forget. People want to say, like, in fact, not, I guess, prisoner of the moment type of thing with how Jimmy played in those finals because he, he had to play that way in those finals. Jimmy wasn't playing that way in the Boston series. Jimmy wasn't playing that way in the Indiana series. He played that way for the first couple of games in the Milwaukee series. But most of that run was a team effort. But the most consistent player who bailed you out of ruts all the time, something that this the Heat have not had since Goran left, by the way, it was Goran Dragic, who would consistently score them points, hit when the Heat always, for whatever reason, will have sequences in the fourth quarter of tight games where their offense bogs down. Goron, throughout that entire run, hit big shot after big shot. He did it in Indiana. He hit it. He did it against Milwaukee. He did it multiple times against Boston when Boston was mounting comebacks. He would hit a baseline jumper or something and completely turn the tide because, oh, here we go. Caps off the basket for Miami now. Goron does not get nearly enough credit for that Miami, or the, the bubble stint, because he was playing the best basketball of his career, the best basketball I've ever seen from a point guard out of the Miami Heat. Like, Goran was just out of his mind, and I, I just I don't see the harm that it would have done to bring him back this year. 
like, like Jordan was saying too. It's just, I, I didn't really get it. They don't have any guard depth at all. Like last year, you could at least convince me like, well, Gabe Vincent. And you're like, yeah, okay, I get it. This year, there's no Gabe Vincent. It, it, it's, it's Kyle Lowry with a foot in the grave. Like what, what else are we doing? I, I don't know. Harry, how do you feel about Goran retiring? Kind of the timing of it. It seems a little weird. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if the heat like did him dirty per se because they did, you know, they did basically uh, opt into that eighteen million dollar, nineteen million dollar deal before they moved him to Toronto. I think, I think he kind of got screwed going to Toronto because they didn't really know what to do with him and they they haven't had a direction for years now. So I think they kind of messed up him going there. He didn't want to be there, obviously. And by the time he got like traded to the Spurs and then bought out, there was like no one who was like super looking for him. Then you guys talked about the bulls and you know, he had an okay year there, I think, but I think you're right. LJ, what's the big deal to like bring him in. You saw what Kevin love did for the heat team last year. And yes, Kevin love obviously would have been playing more than Goron, but you saw what like having a vet presence has done. Um, I think he is Duncan's new psychologist. So like, that's cool. You don't have to pay for an extra psychologist on the side. Cause you got Kevin love pumping Duncan Robinson up and telling him he's the best shooter in the NBA. Um, so yeah, having another vet, obviously Goron and Jimmy were incredibly tight. Um, seems like he's very, very well liked by, uh, most people, the teammates, all the media guys are saying what a nice guy he is, which is rare in today's NBA. No one really likes talking to the media or, you know, so it was kind of like a very, yeah, I don't know if he was just getting tired or he was ready. Like George is saying to move on to the next step of his career as a coach or something like that. I don't think it would have hurt the heat to sign him and have him on the bench. Um, we have the open roster spot. I don't think we're going to use it. Anyone's better than Drew Smith. Sorry, Drew. And I just think like he kind of deserves that, especially with the send off. And, you know, I understood why we moved him and the thought process in doing it. But like you guys are saying, um, he was unbelievable in the bubble his run was so good. He's really our last true downhill threat that we've had in the postseason. Um, you know, he was the guy that I hope people always kind of remember, like he had some very good postseason moments with the heat. Even what was it a couple years before? Was it the year before um, his game in seven against the Hornets in my, uh, that series, he was unbelievable in that game uh, to close them out. And he had a really good heat career. I feel I feel bad it ended the way it did. And Tim Reynolds wrote kind of a heartbreaking tweet that when he had left the bubble and at the end, he kind of turned back to him and just like, he's like, tell everyone that we really tried because, um, you know, they did in that run. And, um, you know, Goron, Goron getting hurt and obviously Bam's shoulder injury are probably the only reasons why the Heat did not win that series against the Lakers. So like Jordan was saying, a lot of what ifs in his career, he never got to play with Bosch who, was probably like the perfect running mate for Goron and Bam. And, and yeah. And then obviously, yeah. And for Bam as well. So kind, yeah, kind of those careers where you look back and be like, it's been a really, it was, you know, it was a great career for him. He's a really good player. Um, and kind of wish he could have gotten the one because it kind of all went downhill after that injury. And for, you know, guys that old tearing your plantar fascia like that, that's always going to be a bad injury, especially, as you're a bit older, but, um, you know, good luck to him. Obviously if man, if he wants to come coach the heat, I'm, I like welcoming back all these players. I feel like Wayne Ellington has been a good addition to the heat coaching staff this year. Um, 
like bringing all these former guys that they want to be here. I think it's always good to hear new, new voices, new blood. Um, and as long if Warren wants to make another Austin Burke commercial, I would really appreciate that because that's still one of the funniest things I've ever heard. You know, if you buy one suit, get two free. Buy two suits, get eight free, or whatever it is. I don't know if you guys, if you ever want to laugh, just try to find Goron doing that Austin Burke commercial. That thing is is classic. But uh, Goron's the best. The Dragon Gogi, whatever you call them, uh, yeah, uh, you know, a great career. And I wish you could have come back to the Heat one more time. I would have liked it. And to be fair, though, I guess it's not just Goron. It's it's like the whole league, right? Like veterans are just not really getting any run in this, the, the new age league, I guess you could kind of call it, but yeah, no, I, I feel like Miami would definitely have a spot open on the bench. The heat kind of know how to pick out old players and bring them onto the coaching staff. You saw it with McAdoo, Dan Quinn or not Dan Quinn. What, why can't, why can't I, why can't I think of the name? He coaches it when, when Spoh's Spo had his other kid, Chris Quinn thinking about Dan Quinn, because I hate uh, what he called the Atlanta Falcons. And he used to coach there. Um, just because they, they they misuse Kyle Pitts and I'm a Gator fan and I, it's a personal problem that I have. But no, they they have and then you have Wayne Ellington, you have Karan Butler. The Heat just know how to really get old players that played for them and have them be pretty successful coaches and and develop uh, players accordingly. You've already seen it. I mean, the, the Heat's track record is as long as it needs to be, and it'll continue to grow because Jamari Bouye is probably going to get called up eventually. And I know George is just. You, know, hey, you said you wanted to acquire a player for a different team, all right? He played for Portland. He's a point guard. He's right. He's cheap. You wanted another player? You got it, all right? Don't shoot the messenger. Give him it's, a it's chance. The bill, and that's honestly all Harry needs to stay coming on here because I don't know what's going to happen. But thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you, Goran Dragic, again, for a phenomenal Heat career. Thank you for spending some time with your favorite Rams and Scrubs. And Jordan for Playbook Sports. Thank you, Jordan. you have anything you want to plug before you take off? Uh, yeah, make sure you guys follow uh, Playbook on Twitter at PlaybookSN. Follow the betting account, Playbook SN Bets. Ray runs it. He's winning everybody a lot of moolah. I don't know. I mean, everybody likes money, right? Uh, check out our podcast, Two Balls, One Basket, that's hosted by me. Check out the NBA Hangout that's hosted by Brandon. Most of you guys know him as Taskmaster. But, yeah, we're, we're pumping content. So thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. We're happy to have you on. We're happy to have you on again as well in the future, probably around trade deadline, because I know Harry just goes crazy around them. And it's it's great to watch Harry just hit that mind, that mind just run amok during trade deadline season. So thank you guys for listening. Spend some time with your favorite random scrubs. We'll talk to you next time. Take care. Be good people. Need a stop and a rebound. For you. For three. Oh, my. That was the Random Scrub Heat Podcast.